If you are just joining us, we are concluding um, a series of talks. Chad um, has beautifully communicated out of the book of Proverbs. Um, Solomon has written the book of Proverbs with an instruction manual to his son. And uh, we have talked about uh, the fool. We have talked about how the fool <laughs> keeps fooling us. And we have talked about the path of the wise. Uh, we have talked about, uh, in two different Sundays, we talked about how we need to pay attention, how we need to listen and lean into instruction. In the beginning of Proverbs, Solomon uh, writes to his son, basically, listen, son. And uh, we have sons. We have four kids. And sometimes we're like, listen, listen, come here, pay attention, lean in. And uh, we're going to conclude uh, today's talks out of Proverbs. And we are going to talk about something that Solomon references quite a bit in the book of Proverbs. He talks about the subject of words. Wisdom in our words. And uh, wisdom has power and ability to help, to heal, um, also to hurt, to hinder. And uh, Jesus models the way that we should use our words. But Solomon instructs and he teaches. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need some step-by-steps. Sometimes I need some instructions. And in Proverbs, it talks about two kinds of options for our words. That's it. There's two options. There's the right way and there's the wrong way. And uh, our words um, affect our relationships, affects our future, affects our careers, affects our children, affects our marriages. And uh, the good news is that we have the help today. We have the helper of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you. But I need a little help. And um, with the help of the Holy Spirit and uh, with godly wisdom and with the book of Proverbs, uh, we are going to use our words in our future to both open our worlds and better the people that live within it. Amen? So, um, but we need some help. So we're going to go to scripture today. And uh, we're going to look at how Proverbs describes the result of good words. Proverbs 18, chapter 20. Um, if you are there or you found it on the screen, say amen. amen. Okay, that was really fast. You must have a phone. Um, it says, from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips, once on your lips, forever on your hips. Just kidding. Another translation says in verse 20 that it is the harvest of our lips. It's what we are reaping. It's the result of a good soil. I don't know about you, but fruit is basically the product or the Result or the manifestation of what is inside of me. Translation, words and good talk, they're, they're satisfying. They're fulfilling. I don't know about you, but I like the feeling of satisfied. I like the feeling of full. They fill us up. They fulfill. They nourish. They fuel. They revitalize. They give. And then we see 
in verse 21, a familiar verse. After verse 20, it says, both death and life. There's the two options, the right and the wrong. There's power. There's death and life in the power of the tongue. And those who love it, which one do you love, will eat of its fruit. And uh, I don't know about you, but I want to be a part. I want to play a part in changing the world. Anyone else? And I know that in order to do that, I need to know how to possess the power, the right power, the life-giving power to change my words. And uh, good news, I don't have all the answers, but Proverbs does. And uh, we are going to talk about the recipe for wise words today. And uh, the ingredients to avoid and the ingredients to include a recipe for wise words. We're going to talk about what we need to satisfy, to fill. Now, I don't know about you, but the way to my heart is through my stomach. Actually, when Chad asked for my hand in marriage from my dad, my dad simply said to feed me. And uh, Chad was wondering if that was a yes, but basically he was saying, um, you know, happy Julia is a happy stomach, happy heart, happy heart, happy wife, and happy wife, we all know, is a happy married life. Okay, so he was like, feed her, she'll be happy, she'll have a good life, and then you'll be happy. Very good, Chad says. So, you know why? Because when we fill ourselves with nourishment and with good things, you know, the result is, is a happy soul. Is a, is a, is a, it feels good. And I don't know, in the area of words, when I say something controlled and good and there's life in it, I feel good. I feel satisfied. It feels fulfilling to give. And uh, I enjoy food, uh, 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 and I enjoy to have a, a good stomach. And um, I actually love to cook. And I love to cook as a result of a love for eating. That is where my cooking starts. Because I love to eat, I love to cook. And uh, I do most of the cooking um, in our home. And when I say most, Chad made um, spaghetti with canned sauce in February of 2009. And that was it. That was the one, one and done, right there. Yeah. So um, most, most is a most is an adjective, but um, um, today, in honor of um, Super Bowl Sunday, and I looked this up, the average American that celebrates Super Bowl Sunday will consume. Does anyone know the answer to this? I know the answer to this. Um, well, Google knows the answer to this will consume, I don't know if you're ready for this, this is kind of heartbreaking, will consume 11,000 calories today. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. We are cheering today. Gluttony. Hello. Okay. So um, with the help of a few friends, um, you guys are amazing, um, I would like to invite you to my cooking show. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Dreams come true. Okay. We don't know how this is going to go. Um, true story. My mom actually named me after Julia Child. So this is for you, mom. Um, 
But it is scary if you are unfamiliar in the kitchen. Um, we are going to make some salsa. Um, you cannot smell this, but the onions are incredibly potent. So um, if I'm teary-eyed, it could be the Holy Spirit or the onions. I'm not sure. Um, but it's scary to learn something new, and maybe you're not a cook. Um, but the secret to learning is to having the right ingredients and the right recipe. So um, I am, um, I have a little bit of food arrogance. Have you ever gotten an argument with your, like, um, In-N-Out is way better than Shake Shack? And you just, like, you have, like, pride and almost righteous anger um, about what you're doing. So um, I've included ingredients that I have, like, a little bit of arrogance about how I think my salsa should taste. So um, it smells very potent in here. Um, that's because I believe in strong flavors. And uh, if you like mild things, I'm super sorry. But we are going to get back to this in a second. I even have an apron. Um, I don't normally wear one of these things, but I also don't normally have clean clothes on. So there's that. Um, so we have all things. And we're going to get back to this in a second. But rule number one in the kitchen is very simple. If, you know, the mouth and the tongue is something that is referenced a lot in, um, in the book of Proverbs, but also in the Bible. But it, in the kitchen, it always starts with good food. No one wants to eat bad food, right? And uh, first thing we see in Proverbs is, um, is he's addressing who is around, who is what is in the kitchen? Who is in the kitchen? And uh, Proverbs 13.10 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Woo! It's a little harsh. It's okay. We are a loving, accepting church. Do not feel any shame yet. But rule number one, step one in the recipe in the kitchen is break bad habits by breaking up with bad company. Here we go. Okay. First Corinthians talks about our company, who we're surrounded. It says bad company, what corrupts good character. You know, my kids emulate what we say. You know, it's not what we teach and what we do. It's what we model. That's why we follow the model of Jesus. So we're using Proverbs to get and gain instruction for wisdom. We're getting the recipe, but we model our Savior. We model the grace of Jesus. So my kids will model what we say. Now, one time, um, Chad and I, I don't suggest this, we um, got in an argument in front of our children and our two-year-old modeled the words that Chad used against me. Now, am I going to say what those words are? No. But I don't know if you've ever heard a two-year-old use the word victim. I just, I think that's a big word for a two-year-old. See, Paul is showing us that our character and who we can be is a result of who we are with. Now, I don't know about you, but if I keep junk in my kitchen, what am I going to do? I'm going to eat the junk. I'm going to 
put my kids to bed, and at 8.30 p.m., I'm going to find the junk. I'm going to scavenge for the junk. I'm going to get the junk. Now, I'm not talking about being ignorant to the junk, denying reality, but we can choose what we talk about. Instead of feeding ourselves a steady diet of bad news, sometimes it's good to put the news away and choose to read and listen and consume the company of life-giving good things. Proverbs 2.12 says, wisdom will save you. I don't know about you, but sometimes my words were like, whoop, needs a little saving. From the ways of the wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, wisdom will save us from following those wrong people. Proverbs 2.16, wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman. Hello, watch out for her. From the wayward woman with her seductive, luring words. Don't get lured into her lust. Learn the way of refrain. Proverbs 7.5. We're doing a Bible study today. They will keep you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her. There it is again. Seductive words. Don't let that wayward drift you to lose your way. Proverbs 7.21. With pers persuasive words, she led him astray. Man, she is, she is spicy, this one. She seduced him with her smooth talk. Smooth words do not always lead to a smooth outcome. But if we commit to attach ourselves to a relationship with the word, with the word of God that gives us the good news and we consume the good fruit, out of us will come depth, and joy and satisfaction and fulfillment. Number two, here we go. Solomon talks about how you are what you eat. Oh, whoopsies, okay. So, we, we dump the junk. We get rid of the bad things. Now, we start when we've, we've removed, when we've purged, what do we do? See, at the beginning of COVID, I got really organized and started getting rid of everything. And then a couple months later, I started getting online and shopping a little bit because I needed to fill the closet and we need to refill the pantry with good things, with the right ingredients. Proverbs 4.4 says, then he taught and he said to me, take hold of my words with your heart. Keep my commands and then... You will live. You will have life. It says grab and get. See, what goes in essentially must come out. The content we consume is the content we create. Proverbs 4, 5, he continues. He says, get it. Get the wisdom. Get the understanding. Go and get it. Go start shopping. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. No Memorize, remember. Because where that mind goes, whatever's in us, that mouth will follow. Proverbs 4.20, my son, pay attention. This is what Chad was talking about. 
in weeks one and two. Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear. Listen to the voice of heaven. Hear the promises of God. Hear what he has to say over you. Listen. Set your eyes and ears on the things above, the heavenly voices. Get your ears out of that ugly pantry. Proverbs 5.1, my son, I plead to you, pay attention again. Pay attention to my wisdom. Turn that ear. Follow the model. Mimic the maker. Right listening will result in a right direction. Proverbs 7.1, warning against this lady, that adulterous woman. Here she is again. My son, look, warning against her. Keep my words and store up commands within you. Fill up deposits. Fill it up. Store it up. Let's consume the love and the hope and the faith that is found in Jesus, that we become what? Dispensers of love and hope and faith. Number three. Okay, here we go. We are going to start our cooking here. Number three. We need to trash the toxic talk. Okay. Now, I have got two different kinds of tomatoes. I've got a fire roasted and I have a Roma. I don't know why I'm, everything's going to be with an accent. You know, I just got to the kitchen table and I changed from preacher to, um, I don't know what's a P word here. We're just going for this. Okay. Um, so we have some tomatoes. Oh, we have plastic spoons. Okay. That's not recyclable. Okay. So tomatoes. Now, I wash these and chop these and... Um, what you don't know about tomatoes, but maybe you know, because you guys are really smart, um, is that they are a fruit. Yes, you did know this, maybe. But they are considered a nightshade. Uh, um, actually, the stem and the leaves of them can be deadly and poisonous. So what we do is we remove and then we cleanse. So we remove ourselves from the toxicity, we remove the root problem. Okay, guys, I haven't even gotten to the fire roasted because this is what I'm cheering for right here. Oh, wow, that's right. Okay, so we're we're getting our tomatoes. We're fine. Here we go. I'm, I should put the apron on. I think we should. Okay, we've got cilantro. I don't know why we're doing the, everything with an accent. Jalapenos, thumbs up if we're jalapeno people. Okay. We have um, green. We have two different onions here. I'm sure you can tell. Um, and I need a spoon for that. Okay. So we've got green onions and purple onion. You, you're like, I don't really need your recipe. I only need Solomon's recipe. Okay. Um, okay. So we've got a couple onions, tomatoes, cilantro, limes. Okay. All the things. In Proverbs 12:18, it talks about the words of the reckless. They pierce like swords. They're sharp. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Yeah. Now, the, the science of the fruit actually, years and years ago, before it came to North America, it contained tropane alkaloids. Okay. So this lands in the leaves and and the um, the plant of the root of of the um, of the tomato, 
Now, when we remove the tomato, it becomes less toxic. Now, if you um, read about pesticides, you know, there's a whole other conversation here. But then I cut off the edge of the tomato before I put this in. And then I rinse the tomato. Now, it, it go, there's, there's still, when I, before I rinse it, there's some pesticides, there's some toxicity level to it. And then the stem of it has a little bit more. And then the leaf has a little bit more. But the plant itself is the most poisonous part. Because when something is so deeply rooted within you, you have to dig and cut that out entirely. So while the leaves and stock, while the leaves and stock may make you sick, the fruit is completely edible and fine to eat. But the fruit is a result of the root that it's attached to. And when I remove it from the toxic root, then we have something that's edible. Now, what we know about tomatoes is, you know, not everyone has a preference to them, is that they're fine to eat, but they're more toxic when they're attached. So what happens is that we, we mix it with things, we eat it, we're okay. But when the root of the problem festers, the tomato can be attached to it, and out that fruit that comes out of us can produce toxicity. So what happens when we give power to the fruit comes a lot of times from the power of the emotions that live within the root. Now, he talks a lot in Proverbs about why and how, and he talks about several times about the words and the pain and the emotions that are taking place when it comes to a toxic talker. Now, we hear a lot of times reference to the gossip. The gossip is the one who merely reveals the wounds of the root, the wounds and the pain of the soul. Let's see in Proverbs 18, it says, the words of a gossip reveal the wounds of his own soul, and his slander penetrates into the innermost beings, the deep part. In 26, 22, it says, gossip is so delicious, and how we love to taste it, how we love to eat it. For slander is easily absorbed into our innermost being. Anyone else get a little bit excited by nature when someone says, I have something to tell you, and you cannot tell anyone else? I just get some warm fuzzies sometimes, and I'm like, I want it, I want it, I know I shouldn't have it, but I want to hear it so bad. But I think that's natural for us. Now, when it comes to nourishing ourselves and getting f f satisfied or fulfilled or eating the right things, um, not in the spiritual 
but in the natural, I struggle sometimes, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't necessarily uh, love the word diet, and I also don't love the word self-control. Um, but um, there was one low moment where I was trying to eat healthy, and um, I don't know if Chad's ever heard this story, and I'm not going to look him in the eyes, because sometimes he is he's very self-controlled, and self-controlled people can judge people who are not self-controlled. So um, <clears throat> one time we had people over, and I made a tray of brownies. Well, the problem with brownies is that you don't just want one. And I was having a hard time um, saying no, and everyone left, so I threw the brownies in the garbage. And um, in the middle of the night, I went and I found the brownies in the garbage, <laughs> and I snuck them because it's in the middle of the night and no one's looking. And um, it was a low moment, and I'd like to say that only happened one time, but um, sometimes it's just like you want it so bad, it tastes so good. But gossip is that thing that tastes so good, but is so toxic. Let's let our fruit be the result of a healthy root. Let's, let our, let's commit to let our hearts be pure and wise. Okay, number four, sometimes too much ingredients can just be too much. Too much of a good thing can just end up being too much. So too much, Proverbs talks about this, too much can just simply be too much. Too many details, too many ingredients, too many things. Now, uh, last night uh, we were watching uh, Mandalorian and uh, Maverick likes to, I know, Nate's in here and he's like laughing. I'm like, shout out to Star Wars, Nate. Okay, um, yes. Uh, Maverick likes to talk the entire time. And uh, if you have children, like, you're, you've, you're always trying to uh, perfect and uh, make holy the shushing moment because it can escalate into anger really fast. So you're like, shh, shh. Well, Maverick likes to talk and say the lines and talk over. We, we say the positive word about this is enthusiastic. Um, so he just yap, yap, yaps the whole time, the whole movie, and we're like, shh. Shh. Well, we've all been around that person where you're like, shh, honey, shh. Little too much. Too, too many words. Oh, 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 take it back. Take it back. And anyone who's married understands what a whoopsies is. You know, you're like, I just need that word right back. It Right, come right back. And, um, we hear about, in Proverbs, the person, the man, the woman, the one in 17, it says the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. And whoever has understanding is even-tempered. In James, it talks about the exercise of taming the tongue. See, once a word is said, sure, it can be forgiven, but... It can't be forgotten. And sometimes when, when our words 
are on purpose and with intent, with self-control. That is a beautiful place to be. Now, on average, a man during a day says about two to 3,000 words in a day. Now, a woman averages 10 to 11,000 <laughs> words a day. Now, it is found, and again, Google, uh, it says that only five to 700 of our 10 to 11,000 words are words that are intentional or productive or life-giving, meaning there's either harm or there's too much, too much excess. You know, I have a, I have a rabbit trail brain, I, I think in shapes and colors. Chad's very linear. Sometimes I don't get to the point. And we have to reel me in, you know? Reel me in and get to the ingredient. And um, sometimes I drift and I wander and I take a deep dive off that rabbit trail. But um, the point is, is that it's discussed quite a bit in Proverbs where we need to hold our peace. In chapter 17, 28, it says, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace, when he shuts his lips. Zip the loose lip. Words that easily come out of our mouth may not easily come off someone's memory. Proverbs 10, verse 19, in the multitude of words... Sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Say less, listen more. You know what people trust? They trust self-control and they trust actions. Talk is cheap. In Galatians 5, verse 16, I love this so much. It says, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you'll concentrate on God's goodness and encourage others along the way, you will experience more joy. God loves you so much. And with his help, the helper of the Holy Spirit, you too, just like me, can control your tongue and be led by the Spirit daily. Okay. Now, we are... We are almost done, but our last ingredient here is something that cuts the acidity. Anyone know here from science class? Here's, here's our salt and pepper. I have a little cumin. Now, when something is too sour or harsh or poignant, we need to cut it by adding sugar. Now... Just a little bit, a little sugar and spice and everything nice. Because what kind words can do is it can create big worlds for us. Now, kind words are infectious. I don't know about you, but as a parent, as a friend, I want to be around encouragers. I need more encouragement. Encouragement is, it, it motivates me. Because the more encouragement I get, the more I want to encourage others. The more kind words I receive, even from the word, even from heaven, even Jesus' words. If I can speak kindly over myself, I can be a dispenser of kindness to others. I don't know about you, but I need more encouragement. I don't need more opinions. 
I need to receive the kindness of Jesus. I need to understand in my soul that we serve a kind father. And kind words create big worlds for us. Sugar cuts that acidity. Sugar balances the sharpness. And we need to create an addiction, a dependency, even an appetite for sweet things. See, what do we crave? Do we crave the negative thinking? Do we crave, we crave the bad news? Or do we want to hear the good news? Proverbs 13, it says, the words of the wise are kind and easy to swallow, but the unbeliever just wants to pick a fight and argue. Woo, Enneagram 8, stay away. Proverbs 15, 26, the Lord detests the thoughts of the wicked, but gracious words are pure in his sight. Psalms 55, 21, the, his talk is smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words are more soothing than oil, yet they are drawn swords. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to have a cheat day, if I'm going to go in on dessert, I am not having no sugar-free stevia substitute. I don't want those smooth, fake words. You know what Angelinos are? Angelinos are intuitive. We know fake stuff. And um, this is real cane sugar, organic, Trader Joe's. But I, I don't want to add stevia in the mix. I don't want that. No, no, no. The biggest hater is actually someone we know. You know, I, I'm not stung by the words of someone out there. It's, it's, it's the words of someone that I'm close to that is feeding me false sweetness. Let's get kind in our soul. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. You with me still? We still learning the ingredients? Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 16, verse 21, it says, The wise in heart are called discerning, and gracious words promote instruction. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. There's healing through gracious words. There's healing through kindness. Proverbs 15.1 says, a soft answer. I don't know about you, but I need to work on my softness. A soft answer. Kind words. It turns away wrath. But a harsh word. It stirs up anger. Raise your words. Lift your kind words. Maybe you're here and you're like, oh, this, this is kind of hurting a little bit. I actually currently have an offense. I have a bitterness, an unforgiveness. I have something that I, I just don't know how to heal, how to solve, it's okay. Because you know what you're in today? You're in a sweet presence. And sometimes I've, I, I mean, I've, I've stuffed, I've, I've, 
I've grabbed my ball, and I've pouted for a long time, and I know how to stonewall. But when that unforgiveness takes root and produces bitterness and produces a guard, can I just tell you, nothing I do or say will fix it until I receive kind words from heaven. Because that sweetness, those promises, those gracious words from Jesus, it softens the hardest of hearts. It cuts the acidity. It balances the bitter. It softens us. We need to receive his kindness so we can be those that disperse his kindness. I want to run and I want to grab his graciousness and his goodness and who he is. And finally, as I make all this and I didn't even taste test it, you know, I was just, I, I was just getting excited. I think I forgot the lime, but we'll eat it later. Don't you worry. I grew up in a family where we had this mantra and it was like, we're not we're not going to eat until we're full. We're going to eat until we're tired. I'm like, that is just messed up. But um, that's where we came from. And it came from this issue that I still possess today. It's this fear that, like, do we have enough food for everyone? If you've ever been to my house, you know that I, um, I, I cook in excess. So I, um, when thinking about all these scriptures... Solomon talks in chapter 18, it says, The words of the mouth are deep waters, but the fountain of wisdom is a rushing stream. See, all these things that we're gaining, we're learning kindness, we're learning how to remove ourselves from wrong company, we're receiving all of the the good things, we're eliminating ourselves to talking too much, we're taming the tongue, we're learning, we're learning, we're learning. Why? Because out of us can flow living waters. See, do you have enough within you to share with others? Are you so fulfilled and so satisfied that the words on your mouth are giving to other people? See, out of the abundance of the what? The heart, the mouth, and the words speak. See, words might move our hearts, but hearts actually move us to action. And see, we're the church. We want action. We want to do. We want to serve. We want to give. We want to aid. We want to change the world, help, save, touch, raise, all those things. But we can't do that until we have right hearts and right words. And out of the overflow, we can fulfill and we can give. Not what we say just affects others, but it affects ourselves. We all know this, words are contagious and we need the right words at the right time. And 
Proverbs 15 says a man has joy by the answer of his own mouth. It benefits us. It gives us joy. A word spoken in due season, how good it is. Not just for that person, but it's good for us. The right word at the right time. Like we understand this, that it benefits the, not only the listener, but it benefits us. It grows us. But we need so much improvement and receiving and filling and exercising and self-control that we have so much to share with others. And uh, maybe you're here and you're like, I have some shame. I have anger in my words. I have ugliness, unattractiveness in my words. It's okay. We're going to continue to commit to receiving and to learning and to hearing the words of heaven. 